Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, December 14th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone. I hope you have some exciting trips coming up to finish out the year and you'll be gathering with friends and family and celebrating a great 2021 and looking forward to 2022. Uh, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. If you could, I would love for you to leave a review wherever you're listening, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, and uh, share this podcast around with your friends. That would be much appreciated. So coming up on today's show, you can hear my interview with USTOA president and CEO Terry Dale. We discuss where things stand in the tour operator industry now and expectations for 2022. Last week was my first time attending the USTOA annual conference. It was held in San Diego, and I had a great time. It was a fantastic event. They did a great job putting on an event that uh, was hosting nearly 700 people. I know that pre-pandemic, they usually host uh, close to 1,000 people. So looking forward to 2022's event in uh, Austin, Texas um, next year. So that'll be fun. Conference events and meetings, you know, they, they are vital to the success of the travel industry. And to be able to be there in person together is so important. You can only do so much over Zoom, right? You know, and so you could tell excited, how excited people were to be attending there in person. For some, it was their first international trip in two years, their first conference in two years. So it was very exciting. They, they put on, on a great on a great um, event there. So they also released their annual member survey at the at that time. USTOA said that their member survey had 93% of respondents anticipate growth sales uh, in 2022. 65% of that expect a boom year with growth between 7 and 10%, which that is amazing. Absolutely love to see that. Um, and it's great for the industry there. The key stat, though, I loved the most was that 89% of members plan to utilize travel agents to generate sales as they continue to resume business in 2022. So that's awesome news right there. We'll talk more about tour operators and travel advisors coming up later on in the show with that interview with Terry. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening, let's dive into what's trending in the world of travel in the last week. We begin with some destination news with the U.S. State Department updated its Mexico travel warning to a level three reconsider travel due to COVID-19 concerns and crime. However, the Quintana Roo governor said that it is safe to visit the destination. He announced that the launch of this special security program that would boast additional security ahead of the typical busy winter holiday travel period. Um, authorities are representing the police unit that is being dubbed the Coordination Group of, for Quintana Roo's Peace and Security are investigating a recent shooting in Cancun Beach. There's been some, you know, violent incidents that have taken place in Cancun that have getting a lot of attention on the mainstream media outlets and saying it's so violent and you can't go there and all this. You know, my take on that, you can't be scared of traveling. Mexico is relatively safe. You know, I'd say the same thing about France, England, Greece, et cetera, all plenty of international destinations out there. They all have their good, their pros and their cons, you know, and, and, and a number of U.S. destinations as well. You know, there is always a risk in traveling, but you take risk every day, do you not? You never know what could happen in your own hometown, am I right? So don't be afraid to get out and go. Just use common sense, people. Avoid the really dangerous areas. Don't go out at night alone by yourself. You know, all logical things here, folks. Uh, if you don't know the most dangerous areas and where you're planning to travel, make sure you book that trip with a travel advisor and they'll steer you in the right direction and give you tips and advice to help make sure that you are going to have a safe vacation. Speaking of updated travel warnings, the CDC added Italy to its level four do not travel list now. Uh, that list for level four travel advisories on the CDC is up to 84 destinations now, and it includes most of Europe. Again, these are recommendations by the CDC. It's not any sort of mandate. Uh, so if you want to go, you can still go. Go ahead. But be ready for some additional paperwork if you want to get into Europe right now. You might have to quarantine for a couple of days depending on where you're going, thanks to the new restrictions in place to the Omicron variant. So the rise of that new variant there has put some restrictions in place and 
a lot of destinations around the world are being hesitant and very cautious about it. Some might say overreacting. Personally, I think the quarantines are a bit much these days. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know your thoughts on the latest travel advisories. Email me at podcast at travelpulse.com. Moving over to air travel news, Delta will no longer allow basic economy passengers to qualify for frequent flyer miles. This is an interesting move here, you know, one that our aviation writer Rich Tomaselli called, quote, a slap in the face to passengers. Uh, So I'm curious what you think. My take here, I see it as Delta making a business move, trying to force those regular travelers into buying higher fares. It's all about dollars and cents, folks. You know, they they want that money. Uh, But don't be surprised if uh, other airlines are going to try to capitalize this and go off, go after those occasional travelers, maybe with some different deals, different incentives to try and entice people to make the switch if they normally travel with Delta to maybe switch over to another airline. One thing with all of this, though, is uh, typically younger travelers will skimp on airfare in order to spend that money elsewhere on their trip. They don't have a brand loyalty to a specific airline. They may for hotels, they may for other things in their life, but typically with airlines, you know, with with the younger generation, millennials, uh, younger millennials and uh, Gen Z as well, you know, you're not seeing that, um, at least from my eyes. Um, Let me know if you see that elsewhere in in different. Um, So it's a risky move by Delta, I think, because you don't want to hurt your future by pushing away the younger generation and outpricing them and them just automatically thinking, well, damn, Delta's so expensive and I can't get any bonuses or any miles or anything like that. I'm I'm not going to go there. But, you know, that, that's not the case. I think you just have to be savvy in how you purchase your flights if you are fall into that um, younger, gener- younger generation um, there, if you're a millennial like me. But, you know, again, I, that all, it all goes back to making sure you use a travel advisor because, you know, they can help find you deals elsewhere if that flight is a little more expensive. And if you do already have Sky Miles with Delta and you want to build that back up, you know, you, but you're cautious of no longer buying the basic economy fare and it... Yeah, it, it's a lot going on there. I, I think it's more business related. Um, I disagree with our writer, Rich, about the slap in the face thing. That's his take. But, you know, everyone's got their own opinion on this. Let me know yours. Podcast at travelpulse.com. One great move I loved from the air travel news sector this past week is that the United States President Joe Biden, he signed an executive order designed to modernize several major government services, including the ability to renew passports online and the implementation of technology to speed up airport wait times. Yes, I am here for this. I love it. I've always thought you should be able to renew your passport online. The new executive order was signed into law on Monday and permits the State Department to create a safe and secure way for travelers to renew their passports online. Right now, U.S. citizens currently looking to renew their passports must use in-person or mail-facilitated renewal processes, which can take, they say, between 8 and 11 weeks. Can actually be longer. Case in point, my parents did this by mail earlier this year, and it took even longer for that. My mom actually had a fear that her passport was lost by the Postal Service. It was a whole ordeal. She kept calling me up and trying to find out answers and was like, mom, I don't, I don't really know. You just, you know, so that was an unfortunate situation for them. But, you know, I don't want to put my passport in the hands of the U.S. Postal Service. And I don't think you should either. So the White House, they did say that this online renewal uh, would be completed within five to seven weeks. So much shorter than the eight to 11 weeks that it takes uh, for the other ways. So we'll see um, when this gets implemented. Right now, there is not a timetable for when it will go live. Um, but the executive order was signed into a law, so that's great to see, and I think we've got progress made there. So, speaking of passports, the U.S. has the world's most powerful passport now, according to the firm Global Citizen Solutions, which released its Global Passport Index on Monday, scoring the passports through a quantitative scoring system across several categories and criteria. The U.S. emerged as the world's strongest passport with a total score of 96.4 
ranking fourth in the investment index, 10th in the enhanced mobility index, and 23rd in the quality of life index. Uh, 23rd seems kind of low. I, I Personally, I think our quality of life here in the good old USA is pretty darn good, but uh, I digress. As for the rest of the top uh, 10 global passports, the other nations who made the list in order include Germany, Canada, the Netherlands, Denmark, Sweden, the United Kingdom, Finland, Norway, and New Zealand. In other airline news, American Airlines CEO Doug Parker says that the government aid, quote, saved the airline industry. Uh, he will speak before a United States Senate committee on Wednesday, and he'll say that the $54 billion that the airlines received in COVID-19 aid from the federal government were spent correctly and helped save the fate of the U.S. carriers. You know, there has been some questioning as to how the money was spent when airlines have been dealing with staffing issues over the last couple months. You know, Parker, who will retire in 2022, by the way, he may view this aid as saving the industry. And while he's partially correct there, I mean, of course it helped. How could it not, right? <laughs> Billions of dollars. That's so much money, right? But you know what? I'd like to see him acknowledge how the travel advisor has truly helped keep the industry alive. I don't think you see a whole lot of these airline CEOs and everything giving love to the travel advisors as much as they should because they really should because people, you know, yeah, they're going to fly around and everything, but they're not going to fly around as much as if they're not going to international destinations and you need the travel advisor for that. So a lot of advisors did leave the business in 2020, but those who were able to power through are now preparing for a huge boom. And they're also seeing, there's also an influx of new younger travel advisors coming into the business too that are up and coming. So I absolutely love that for the industry. And I would love to see these uh, airline CEOs hype up the travel advisors more, but that's my take there. I don't know that they will. I know that I've talked to some advisors and they go back and forth on how they feel about the airlines and their relationship with the travel advisor. So one thing that did not help the industry throughout the last year was the disruption of air travel due to naughty passengers who couldn't obey the face mask mandate. Some people tried to put an end to it with a lawsuit recently, but the United States Supreme Court just denied an emergency request to block the federal mask mandate at airports, on airplanes, and trains. The mask mandate isn't going away, folks, so expect to keep wearing one into the early spring of 2022. The mandate is going through March 18th, 2022 right now. Hopefully it doesn't get extended beyond that, but at this point, who knows? I wish they changed the age requirement, though, and I've, I've felt this way for a while now, ever since they implemented it, but uh, even more so as it's coming up as soon my daughter will be turning two next month. And while we don't currently have any flights booked with her on it yet, odds are pretty good that we'll end up booking something and traveling somewhere before that March 18th deadline, which means I'll have to figure out a way to put a face mask on her, something she's never had to do. Maybe it'll be easier since she was born into this mess and she spent the first two years of her life seeing her parents wear face masks a lot. But then again, she's a toddler and they do whatever the heck they want. So <laughs> I doubt I'll have an easy time just as many parents out there have struggled with getting two-year-olds to wear a face mask over the last almost two years now. So wrapping up what is trending in travel, we jump over to some hotel news. Hard Rock International announced that it has reached an agreement for acquiring the operations of the Mirage Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas from its present owner, MGM Resorts International. So in place of the Mirage's Y-shaped hotel, a fixture on the Strip for over 30 years, Hard Rock is planning to construct the, an iconic guitar-shaped hotel. Uh, the deal is also just for, for over $1.075 billion in cash. So just a little bit north of a billion dollars in cash. Um, I would love to see that amount of money in cash in person one day. That would be... That would be something, wouldn't it be? They should just, they should tweet that. They should put that on Instagram. Like, hey, here's what a billion dollars looks like in cash. Come to Vegas. <laughs> um, Hard Rock already has one guitar-shaped hotel in Hollywood, Florida, the Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. I haven't been, but I did see it from the highway the last time I was near Fort Lauderdale, and it is a beauty. It's a sight to behold just from driving by. It was really cool. 
but I feel like it's one of those 50 50 things, you know, you're either for it or an all in on it, or you're totally against it. And you think it's some absurd monstrosity. Maybe I'm wrong there. I don't know, but I'm excited to see this in Vegas one day. I think it's just going to add to the excitement that is Las Vegas and that whole destination is really booming and I think it's going to have a promising future. And if you know anything about Hard Rock Hotels, you know there's going to be some really awesome music memorabilia inside. So I cannot wait for that. I think that is awesome. Well, that wraps up what is trending in travel in the last week. Any additional thoughts, drop me an email, podcast at travelpulse.com. Next up, hear my interview with USTOA president and CEO, Terry Dale. How was it in planning this event, and has the Omicron variant impacted things in the last week uh, leading up to um, the start? It has not been fun or easy. In June, we had to determine uh, what the right size was going to be, and no borders were open for our international guests to get here. So um, we reduced the size to 650, and uh, fortunately, we only had a handful of cancellations, which was consistent with a traditional year, which tells me our members are hungry to get together, uh, reestablish face-to-face uh, business and relationships. So, uh, but it's, it's been a bumpy road. Um, so what are your thoughts on the current state of the tour operator industry and the travel industry in general? Well, we are encouraged um, based on new bookings for 2022 and then rebookings from the last 18 months. It could come out to be one of our best years ever, but with all these variants that we're all dealing with, um, that could all change tomorrow. But at this moment, um, 60% of our members are optimistic that uh, next year will be a boom year and that they will see 7 to 10% growth. So that's very encouraging. And I think in general, um, for the travel industry at large, the cruise industry is going to come back. Um, all types of travel, you know, people talk about business travel maybe being a little uh, behind. Um, but I think by the end of 2023, we as a broader industry uh, will be back to 2019 levels. And um, as it specifically relates to international travel, what are your uh, expectations for 2022? Well, what we found in our recent survey, 75% uh, of our members' sales bookings uh, for 2022 are international and 25% are domestic. So obviously what kept us going during the last 18 months was domestic, but we're now seeing the shift to international, which is historically what our, our um, ratio is. Uh, we are predominantly international and domestic, but I'm, I'm hopeful that we don't see uh, a, a diminish in domestic. Let's keep building up the U.S. travel market as we grow the international market as well. And speaking of domestic, you know, those tours have expanded. Um, can you talk about their growth over 2021 and um, what you hope for in 2022? Well, I don't have a specific uh, percentage of growth, but um, it carried us <laughs> through 2021. And, and um, national parks really uh, had a great increase. And um, anything with outdoor spaces, uh, open air, um, I think the U.S. traveler felt more comfortable with. So uh, 
that's definitely uh, what we saw on a domestic front and, and it also translates internationally moving forward. People want more space, nature, um, so they feel more safe. Uh, can you talk about what you're seeing in regards to the uh, trend about uh, taking that big trip, the bucket list trip, and uh, people perhaps spending more? Well, I ab absolutely think that uh, we will see people spending more and that the bucket list people are going to be uh, pretty focused on uh, because, you know, what if something like this happens again and you don't get to Egypt and Egypt was on your bucket list. So I think um, the bucket list is going to be very healthy and uh, successful. But I also caution destinations that, you know, I would hate to categorize myself as a bucket list destination because that implies I go once, I check the box, and then I move on. And ultimately you want to build some loyalty. So you go back and back to that bucket list. So um, I try and stay away from that phrase to be quite truthful. Interesting. Um, so yesterday you mentioned in the press conference about diversity, equity, and inclusion being at the forefront of USCOA for the future. Can you yeah. talk a bit about more about the efforts that USCOA is doing in regards to DEI? So with DEI, we are partnering with our foundation, Tourism Cares, and uh, starting to educate, um, outreach, so that diversity uh, and, and communities of color know about our industry and the opportunities. And we really need to do that. We will be celebrating our 50th anniversary next year. And that's one of our priorities is to bring more diversity in. So, we're still in the early stages of figuring out the programming, but it's, it's really educating about the opportunities in our industry and providing um, employment, you know, for folks as well. So where do you hope USTOA and the travel, you know, of the 50th anniversary here, where do you hope that USTOA and the travel industry is, um, how, how they progress over the next 50? Well, I like to use uh, the words meaningful, uh, travel with purpose, I really hope that both um, the consumer and uh, the membership at USTUA understand that we have the ability to really help uh, communities that need our help and that we could direct our economic power to those neighborhoods where the people can really utilize it. So I, I'm hoping that it becomes more uh, impactful for those communities around the world that could really use it. And last question here, what is your message to travel advisors who sell tours right now? We love you. We need you. <laughs> we, um, we continue to see the need, um, both from our customers and the value proposition of the travel advisor, I believe has really elevated during this pandemic. You know, if you um, are going to travel, and you will, uh, you need that person on the ground to help guide you because there are so many different changing variables every day, every hour. And to have a professional help you navigate that uh, and make you aware of the changing landscape, um, that makes uh, your travel experience that much better and you can travel with confidence. So. Um, I believe we are only going to see 
that partnership between tour operators and travel advisors continue to elevate. Great. And I know I said last question before, but one final thing as we wrap up yeah. here, because I wholeheartedly agree about, you know, the use of travel advisors and we have a lot of um, subscribers and listeners that are uh, travel advisors. So what would be your top tip for travel advisors moving forward? Well, I, I think uh, keep patience. <laughs> you know, that old adage, patience is a virtue. I have heard from so many travel advisors about how many times they've had to rebook and rebook an experience due to this pandemic. And my heart goes out to them and to you because it's gotta be challenging, but exhale, be patient, uh, we'll get through this. But I think that that um, is the tip I would give. Thanks again to Terry Dale for taking time out of his busy days at the USTOA annual conference to sit with me and talk about travel and the upcoming things to expect in the tour operator industry there. So a lot of good insights there on tour operators and their future. And that wraps up our show this week, folks. I'm going to have one more show next week before Christmas, and that'll be the end of the year recap stuff. So look forward to that and talking about this year as a whole and looking ahead a little bit to 2022. So if you'd like to be on a show in the future, drop me a line. You know the podcast email. I've said it a number of times throughout. So thank you so much for listening, folks. Have a great week. 